0: hello i'm traveling solo at the moment i'm up in the northern climes of japan i'm in hokkaido just me solo no duncan no family just me by myself on my bicycle against the road the next few podcasts that you'll be listening to will be podcasts from me on the road i also filmed this so you better watch it all as well on YouTube. Remember, you can just go to the YouTube channel, Just Passing Through Podcast. You can like and subscribe if you want. It'd be very nice. Leave some comments and I'll leave you to it. I'll leave you to the podcast. Thanks very much again for downloading and I'll see you back with Duncan very soon. Well, this is new. I'm in Hokkaido. I've just landed at Wakana airport and I've never been here before. And I've out flown for two and a half years. And it's different for starters to say that Japan is so first world that looks like a lot of Eastern European airports that I've flown out of in the Eastern Bloc. And if we look over here, let me walk over to this sign. You can see the Wakanai Airport sign. Now, the thing with Hokkaido when you're in the far north. But it looks like dales it looks like yorkshire dales now look at this sign you've got the kanji for wakana airport and you've got it in russian and then in english so english is the third language up here russian's the second language you're not in kansas anymore darren that's for sure So I'm on the bus now. You can see there is the airport over there I've just landed from. It's about an hour and a half from Tokyo. I flew in and there, over here, we've got the sea. Across that bay there is Russia. And I'm heading up to Cape Soya now. Heading up to Cape Soya and I'll pick up my bicycle and we'll start this trip. But what I've noticed with these... Buses. This is the first bus I've been on in Hokkaido. And you can you can bring your bike on here. You can bring your bike on here, you don't have to put it in a bag. You just roll it up. All the seats have been taken out of the back and you can just leave your bike there and sit down. They'd never do this in Tokyo or Yokama or where I live. There's just not enough room. But they do it here, and it's great. They should, uh, the rest of Japan should take on this idea. But hopefully I'm not gonna need a bus. I'm not gonna need a bus, because I'm gonna be cycling the entire time while I'm down here. But yeah, there's, there's so much. I don't know where that's going, but that's just had a race with there's a one. Yeah, that airport that just landed in, very Eastern European, you sort of, you walk out and you straight out, no, obviously no customs, because we're on a domestic flight, but yeah, Russian is the second language up here, Russian is the second language up here, so I don't know how I'm going to go on, anyway, I'm going to get back to this bus ride, and I'll speak to you again when we arrive in Cape Sawyer. I've arrived at my hotel, which you can see is just in the background here. And it's it's a lot cooler, especially even even further up from airport. It's much cooler than what it was around the airport. But I've arrived here the a nice old couple that are in charge of this guest house. And what they've got here is they've got this garage. Uh, where people send the bikes up, so the bikes get delivered here. The bikes get delivered here, and then them that are riding motorbikes can park up, do any do some maintenance around here. Park up, and them that are on the push bikes like me send it up in a box. There's the box there I sent mine up in. And that's all the stuff that I will be travelling with. Now, I've got to put my bag together now and pack it up, ready for tomorrow to get off. Now, you can see this... You can see this wall here. It appears that I'm not the first person to come up with this idea. So, just having a look, it seems... People were doing this as far back as 2012, 2012. I haven't, I've, I've been looking on this wall and I haven't found anything older than that, but there's, there's Hokkaido. And we are right here, right at the top, right at the top. You go further north, you go north of there, it's Russia. Okay? So I will be going to Sapporo, which is down here. So I'll be traveling all the way down this west coast and meeting up with the fam in Sapporo. And you can see there's there's been plenty of them that have done it. Like I say, it's not just me that's come up with this stupid idea. Well, that's the first job done. The bikes together now. I've got my bike all together now. So I've just had a test ride out and it's running like a dream. And now what I've got to do is I've got to get that bicycle box to get sent to my hotel in Sapporo, which I'll be there in about nine days. So I've just finished packing my bike up. The bike's all there, ready to go. And now I've got to get this Box to the post office, and get it sent to my hotel in Sapporo. So I think it's a bit too big to be carrying it when I'm um, when I'm cycling. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk it down there. The box is on its way to Sapporo now, and I just sent it off from that post office there. And that's the most northern post office in Japan. So I've tried and failed twice now to get a photo at the most northern point of Japan. So I'm gonna go cycle there now. I'm gonna go cycle there now and take on myself. Now the people have been really nice and tried to take the photo of me, but they've not got the signing so people won't know where I am. So I'm just gonna go take it myself now, see what we can get. There it is. See, it's still pretty busy now. At this time of night. And that there is Japan's most northernmost point. Right, I'm gonna try and get a photo after all these crowds get out of way. In fact, bit of a queue, so I think I'm going to come back later. We've got wild deer here in the north of Japan. They're not tame, they're not going to come up to me. But you certainly don't see many of these where I live. Hello? Are you going to come and say hello? Hey you're probably best to keep away. What you're seeing here is a monument to Korean flight KL-007. And on 1st of September, 1983, during the Reagan administration and during Cold War, a flight took off from New York for Seoul, South Korea. And it refuelled in Anchorage in Alaska. And once it had refuelled, off it went into the night over the North Pacific. Now, pilot error, navigational instruments not working right, whatever happened, every 100 mile that plane flew, It veered off seven miles to the north. Now, this was a Cold War. So the Russians were a bit sensitive, shall we say. And And what everybody had to do when they were flying from America were to bypass the Russian peninsula on the east coast and fly over Japan and then into South Korea. Now, what happened was, that didn't happen. They strayed into Russian airspace. They flew over the peninsula and then an SC-10 interceptor was scrambled. The pilot was said to have pulled up alongside the airline, saw two banks' of windows and the lights were flashing, so he knew it were commercial. The ground said shoot it down. When when asked, so he shot it down. When asked why didn't you tell the ground it was a commercial airline? He said they never asked. So two hundred and sixty nine people died for no reason on the first of September. Mostly Koreans. A couple of Brits, 26 Japanese. Now, the Russians denied it for a couple of weeks, saying, oh, nothing to do with us. I don't know where the plane's gone. And then, around here, around this part of the coast, body parts started washing up, so they couldn't deny it. And wreckage. And they found out that the... uh, Years later, two decades later, no, sorry, 11 years later, they were denying it and denying it, but the Russians had gone down with the divers and got the black box and got the flight recorder and everything, and they didn't give it up. Then the Cold War finished, and the people got given, the the Americans got given the black box, and it turned out it had been shot down by a Russian. It didn't go straight down, so the people on board knew what were coming, which must have been horrific. Yeah. If there's only a sign that we knew what they'd get up to in Ukraine, if there's only a sign in past that we knew what they were like, we could have dealt with it a lot. Oh, here's one. Here's a sign. two Brits, American, few Thais, and Iranian shot down for nothing. So you've got two peace bells and also you can ring a bell in the uh, in the shrine. If you go to the side it's supposed to be a bird emerging, From the sea, like a phoenix from the flames. Very nice. It is very nice. But there, that's one of the things that you can see at the northernmost point of Japan. It's not very upbeat, but there you go. Hello? Have you come to say hello? In other news, to say it's so peaceful around here, there's a lot of shit that's gone on over years. So we're just down from there. You can see the top of the memorial to the plane crash. And then I've just walked down here and there's this. There's another peace memorial here. And this is for the submarine, the Wahoo S-238, the most successful... American submarine in World War Two. it had knocked out how many? sunk several ships in a two week raid in 1943 it were lost just out there 12 miles out there when after a prolonged bombing air raid and the ships were going at it They sunk it. So 12 miles straight forward from here, there are 80 American soldiers at the bottom of the sea. God, it's... It's uh, it's a bit depressing around here. I I thought, before I came to the top of this hill, I thought, why is it so peaceful and nice? And then you get up here, and there's stories of planes getting shot down. Stories of submarines getting sunk out in bay, and you can see there it's still crowded. That's the northernmost point of Japan, and there's still people there at half past six at night. But that's it, says it's the most northern point of Japan, but over there is Ben Island. You can see it's just bathed in sunshine, and that is the most northern point in japan so everybody goes there for the photographs but that island there is your last bastion of japanese soil everything past is russia it's all russia once you get past there and that's why the signs are in russian right i'm gonna go get me tea now my dinner should be coming at 30. thirty—that's the time I booked it for—and it's six twenty-seven, six twenty-nine. So it's come a minute early. Maybe I should complain. But look at this feast that I've been given. This feast from Hokkaido. So we've got the shellfish. We've got the shellfish here. We've got the sushi. The shrimp, (gasps) the vegetables and the tofu. We've got meat, salad, a pudding, some pickles. And this is glorious. Is this miso soup? (gasps) And we've got some steaming hot miso soup. Ready for me there. And in here, if I'm not mistaken, is the rice. Oh, it's glorious. This day has just gotten better. It's just gotten better. So, let me push this window to one side because I am going to... Open the window. I'm going to let this... Oh, shit. I'm going to let this fresh air... wash in while I sit down and eat my dinner. Look at that. I win. I win. I've just noticed this. The attention to detail is spectacular. They've even cut out the radish in the same shape as, as Hokkaido. Glorious. Glorious. Well done. Finally, I've got place to myself. i like been like Piccadilly Circus every time I've come here. It's, it's about... 8 o'clock at night sun's gone down and you can get a you can get a a glimpse of what this what this uh, monument's like it's very nice lit up at night I'm going to go up and have a look so there you've got the most northern point in Japan right there and that makes me the most northern person in Japan at the moment so I'm going to go around back I'll go around back and take a photo from in there. There you go. Let's have a look down here. So I'm right behind the most northern point in Japan. So there you are. I am on the 3rd of August, at eight o'clock at night, the most northern person in Japan. Feels a bit weird.